where we speak with experts and influencers in marketing, content, and brand publishing. We bring you the latest trends, tips, and insights so that you can help your brand tell its story and connect with its audience. Welcome to another week in the world of brand storytelling and strap yourselves in listeners because today we have a very special guest on the show. Lachlan Searle is the content editor and project manager right here at Newsmodo and as such he's on the front line of the content we create. He oversees the global editorial team and all branded content project workflow so Lockie is literally smack bang between the freelancers creating the content and our clients. Therefore, he has to balance the requirements of each with finesse and he knows the details of the content inside and out. So today, we'll be asking Lachlan about what brands should consider before starting to create content and also about what is really working in terms of content right now, particularly with written content and blogs. So Lockie started out in his career as a journalist right here in Melbourne and, of course, has since turned his talents to the exciting world of content marketing and brand publishing. Lockie, welcome to Brand Storytelling. Thank you, Ricard. Very good to be here in yet another beautiful Melbourne day. And I'd like to say what a privilege it is to see you do this in person, particularly with your great hand actions, which obviously the listeners can't see, but I'm very much enjoying the emphasis on the words. It's great to have you aboard, Lockie. As you know, we are all about telling great stories here at Newsmodo. And on this podcast, we like to look back and appreciate the stories that have really connected with each of us, particularly our guests in the past. So, Lockie, what were your biggest storytelling influences growing up here in Melbourne? So I think one of the ongoing themes of this podcast has been how most people participating were voracious readers, and that was certainly the case for me growing up. I still like to claim that I was one of the first people in Melbourne to read Harry Potter on one family holiday back in the day. It would have been 97, 98, around then. And I even decided to not go to the beach for that holiday so I could read books one and two just straight, flat out, flat chat. Uh, so a great reader. Roald Dahl was another big influence for me. I was a big fan of his and particularly the way that he created a hook from the get-go. So you're a bit of a bookworm and you still look a bit like Harry Potter, actually. So that explains a couple of things, particularly the glasses for our listeners at home. Lockie is a bit of a hipster and uh, you should check out his profile at newsmoto.com if you haven't already. So how did you get into journalism? It obviously wasn't a big stretch from all of that reading you'd been doing to get into writing and storytelling. No, not at all. I actually wanted to, when I was finishing high school, be a political speechwriter or something like that before I became a bit disillusioned by the whole political world. So I thought I would pursue another type of writing. I studied arts at university and from then on it was a fairly logical extension to do the Master of Journalism program uh, and sort of took it from there. And you actually worked in one of the Melbourne newsrooms, in fact, one of the biggest Melbourne newsrooms for a period of time, which is where you cut your teeth in journalism. What was that on reflection, that experience like, and what did it give you in terms of um, what you needed in your toolkit for what you do now? That's right. So I spent some time at the Herald Sun here in Melbourne, and that really taught me the importance of uh, chasing stories quickly, but also being accurate, and most importantly, staying calm in the face of what could often be immense pressure created by deadlines and so forth. So I think the most valuable lesson was, yes, it's important to chase stories quickly, but 
have a bit of fun doing it and make sure that you're still enjoying yourself and are as relaxed as possible. You're in such an interesting time in the world of journalism. You started out working in a newsroom, as we've spoken about, and over the last five or six years, we've seen such a, an evolution of both newsrooms in editorial, but now branded content as well. Tell me about your perception and understanding of the media landscape and how that's changed since you started working in, in editorial. Well, it's obviously changed very rapidly. Um, we see from time to time quite sad uh, demises in terms of headcounts and newsrooms and that sort of thing. So on the one hand, that is a sad tale, but on the other hand, it's an exciting time for the media, both professionals and people that consume the media, to shape the future of journalism. So what we see is the globalisation of journalism. Obviously, Newsmoto is at the forefront of that. Uh, and also real-time journalism that is serving the readers' news when they want it, where they want it. Now, as I mentioned, we are going to get into what it means to create quality content, what our clients are looking for here at Newsmoto, what's working, but also the conversations that we broker essentially between our freelance market. Of course, we've got more than 14,000, 15,000 freelancers around the world looking for work, and you manage all that project workflow. It's an incredible job that you do. How do you manage it with so much going on, Lockie? I think the most important thing is planning. So I need to ensure that I've got the right spreadsheets, that I'm communicating with the right people, uh, that I'm staying on top of the journalists, which they might find annoying, but it's integral that we sort of keep on top of projects. Um, Prioritising things, which can be difficult at times, given the vast amount of work we have going on, but it's really important that we know what's most important and that we focus on that and don't get distracted. All right, now we are going to get stuck into the serious stuff in just a moment, but before we do, as always with the New Look Podcast, Lockie, let's get to know the man behind the editor with a quick quiz. So we've got one minute on the clock, starting now and 10 questions. Let's get into it with question one. What is your favourite pastime, Lachlan? Uh, football and specifically the mighty Richmond Football Club. <laughs> Looks like they're in for a big year too. Question two, what's your nickname? And I might have to ask why. (laughs) So I've got two around here. The first one is Big Dog, which I applied to myself ironically, but now it's sort of stuck, unfortunately, including on the Newsmaker website if you want to check that out. Um, The other one is The Commissioner for the amount I commission on a weekly basis. He is The Commish. Question three, if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would you be doing? I couldn't really imagine not doing what I'm doing now, but I'd probably just be uh, at university studying economics or something like that. Writing speeches, maybe. Where do you see the future of journalism? Uh, Newsmoto and companies like ours that connect people on a global level. What advice do you give young journalists? Persistence. What's your favourite burger joint, big dog? (laughs) So there's heaps of options here, but probably Ziggy's on Carlisle Street, Balaclava. Bang. He is the man for burgers. If you ever need a good review, Lachlan Big Dog Cell will tell you all about it. Your favourite thing to do on weekends? Uh, chilling out. I like going for long walks, going to the beach, sometimes going for long walks on the beach. Um, mostly alone, which is sad, but anyway, we're working on that. <laughs> Tinder's still a thing. Technology you couldn't live without? Uh, absolutely my smartphone. How would you describe working at Newsmoto? Uh, fun can be pressure-filled at times, but that's part of the fun. Now you've worked in other countries. What makes Australia, particularly for our international listeners, such a great place to live? Uh, the livability and quality of life, especially in Melbourne. All right, that was the Mad Minute with Lachlan Searle. Stop the clock and let's get talking brand storytelling. 
So, what are you really passionate about in terms of media and content at the moment, Lockie? What are you seeing that's really working and what's making you excited when you're delivering content? So, what I'm really excited about in the media landscape more generally is the power of the consumer. We see this influence everywhere. For instance, on uh, websites such as News Limited and Fairfax websites where eyeballs dictate essentially what is the top-ranking article at any given hour. That's how quickly they rearrange those websites. Also the power of the consumer in terms of being able to provide comments and immediate feedback, uh, emailing journalists and that sort of thing. Um, and also the power of the consumer and the amount they can seek out uh, both in Australia and internationally. I don't think people are as wedded to one source or two sources as they were previously. And I think that's really helpful for the media landscape because it means that we have to be providing what the consumer wants and we have to ensure that we're better than the competition, which can be a challenge in ever-shrinking newsrooms and smaller budgets, but it's a challenge I think on the whole the media is embracing and is doing a really good job at. So I'm excited on one level for the consumer. On the other level, and this is more relevant to what we do on a daily basis here, I'm excited for what brands can do to sort of get their own message out there. Uh, so we see brands becoming their own newsroom, which is great, I think, for, again, the consumer, because it means there's more sources of information and great storytelling for them, but also for the brand, because it provides them an opportunity to establish credibility in their field and, importantly, connect with their audience. And that's where storytelling comes in and that's what we really try and do here at Newsmoto is tell great stories. We sure do. And I think you've answered in part my next question, which was going to go to the point about why we're seeing brands wanting to create quality digital content and become great publishers in their own right. Do you think it's because of their own direction or do you think they're trying to take part of that market share from the diminishing um, editorial publishers? I think a bit of both. But I think overall the main reason is that people have become savvier about marketing. People won't be sold to so easily anymore. So we need more subtle approaches. And I like to think of it as a brand becoming your friend. So it's someone that you can trust, someone that provides great information that you get excited about receiving their EDM on a daily basis because you want to learn about developments in, in their field and in things that you're interested in. And often these can be quite niche areas that won't be covered in the mainstream area and also they can be covered better by brand newsrooms than they might be in the news media because these are the experts. Great point. We work across so many different clients, so many different verticals here at Newsmoto now, um, but I guess one thing that they all have in common is that the strategy needs to be there before they dive into content marketing. What are some of the key things that you think brands need to think about before they approach someone or start creating their own content? The most integral thing is planning, as you've just touched on, Rakal. And I think this should be quite a wholesale approach. You need to consider, obviously, the purpose of what you're doing, why you're doing it, the best way of doing it. So that encompasses a whole variety of different uh, contexts and subject matter. So you need to think very, very deeply about what your audience is, who they are, what interests them, and then how you are going to sort of make sure that you direct content in the right manner so they will enjoy it, keep on reading it and gain value out of it. So it's really important that you have great analytics and also that everyone across the company is involved because these are going to be broad campaigns and you need to sort of get buy-in from everyone that is um, associated with your department and also in the broader company context. 
so that people can understand why you're doing what you're doing. Because one of the, the challenges for us that we sort of confront on a daily basis is people that haven't necessarily been close to the project coming in at a later date after we've delivered content and saying, hey, why isn't my company mentioned in this article? Well, that's been done quite deliberately because we're doing content marketing. And obviously that particular person wasn't bought in at an early date. So I think one of the most important things that brands should do when they're coming up with their content marketing strategy is ensure that it's a holistic company-wide approach. I love it. Great advice. And that's certainly something that we, as you mentioned, we discuss with our clients every day, particularly when we're starting that initial deep dive in the strategy. So how about the mistakes? I know we've um, we've worked with a number of clients over the years and um, when we've seen it all, I, well, I'm sure we haven't seen it all um, and we are learning new things things every day but in terms of the mistakes that we see most regularly made by brands out there in their own content marketing processes where have they failed what are the challenges that perhaps we can give um, uh, our listeners some advice around to help them navigate and hopefully avoid making those mistakes themselves well again i think it's all about a plan make sure you have a plan firstly secondly make sure you stick to it i think it was arnie that was discussing in a previous podcast the need to stick out for at least 12 months before you can see ROI. And that's really pivotal because any media organization could tell you, you need time to be able to establish a connection with your audience. You need to make sure you are talking to your audience in the right manner. So again, that comes down to knowing who they are and how to speak to them. So in terms of mistakes to avoid, I would say rushing into it, make sure that you've actually sat down, considered what you need to do. And obviously we're here to help with that and we're always excited to be able to give that advice. So I think overall rushing into it is the biggest problem. I think one of the biggest projects and evolutions of our internal editorial capabilities has been the focus on improving our own brief templates and the way that we receive briefs from clients. Could you talk about some of the challenges with that initially and the work that we've done and how that's then improved the the quality of the output ultimately for the client? Sure. So we've instigated a great brief template, as you mentioned, probably in the last 18 months. Um, Before that, the process was a little bit more, uh, I'd say, ad hoc, um, to be blunt. So that brief allows us, but more importantly, our freelance journalists who work on these projects to understand exactly what it is the client needs And every single aspect of the brief template, which covers things like the tone, the audience, the subject matter, the campaign objectives, to name a few, uh, they really set the direction of what we are trying to achieve. So the brief really guides us. The challenge that we have is convincing clients or persuading clients of the importance, importance of that briefing template. Because yes, it can take a little bit of time to fill out, not that long, maybe half an hour at the most. But ultimately, it's going to deliver a way better product that everyone is going to be a lot happier with. And it's going to ensure that you're getting more bang for your buck. So the briefing template is, I think, from everyone's perspective, the most important thing we get from our clients. It really is the cornerstone of every successful project. Now, for our listeners, um, Lockie actually joined Newsmoto back in the day when we only worked exclusively with editorial newsrooms. We weren't even creating branded content several years back. So Lachlan has actually been a living embodiment of our journey here at Newsmoto from um, just branded, uh, from edit- editorial content to 
both um, branded and editorial content deliverables. So, Lachlan, now that you're an editor and, and running the branded side of the business and you work predominantly with written content, um, we still have this editorial lens. The, the quality of our content comes to the fore because of the journalists that we engage on the project. So can you speak of the importance of using that editorial lens when crafting content and how that can add a higher quality output to the offering that we have at Newsmodo? For example, being mindful of the current issues or trends for, that are going on for the client's uh, industry. Absolutely. So at a basic level, uh, my background allows me to uh, provide sub-editing expertise, so that's grammar and that sort of thing. But at, at a more complex and expert level, we are able to, as Raquel said, look at the trends. Uh, we have certain tools that we use to analyse what's happening in each industry so that we can come up with topics that are important for the readers of our, our clients, our customers. Um, so one of the things that we do is provide great ideas that our customers can commission and get fleshed out in a manner that will be appropriate and enjoyable and also informative for their audience. One of the things that I think is great about Newsmodo is the fact that we still work on both sides of things. So that is, we still work directly with newsrooms, but we also work with brands. So we are able to provide what is, in essence, pure journalistic content. So that includes things like interviews, recent reports. Um, so I guess it's, it's unique content that is therefore more compelling for the reader and I would say better than just desktop research, which absolutely has its place. But what we do, I think, provides so much more value for our customers. And in terms of written content, what are the most important things that you obviously see out there considerations for example headlines tone uh, length and so on what's working best at the moment for our clients i think what i just touched on is still working best for our clients which is that unique content so i often tell our journalists when i brief them that i need at least one interview if not two two is absolutely a lot better and i need if not an interview then stats facts that have recently been unearthed so reports on that sort of thing and it's very rare that i'll accept any submissions that don't have those elements in them so give us an example of some of our clients that i i suppose you've seen recently that we've done this with and how's it worked what did you like about it so we have been working with myob quite a lot in recent weeks that's one that is at the forefront of our minds i was working on it just prior to this recording starting so the first couple of articles we supplied to MYOB, they were good, but there was just a little bit of bizarre, a little bit of something missing. So uh, I suggested to the client that we start incorporating interviews to provide a more original content that would be more valuable to their readers, more interesting, etc., etc. So that, I think, has delivered a great result for them and vastly improved their articles this really does tie beautifully into other campaigns and articles that have been extremely well conceived um, and really down to finite details and how they've been executed. So what's been the lesson that brands could take out of this execution? Well, I think one of the things that is most successful in terms of having a, a great content marketing strategy is tying it into a broader campaign. Um, one example that I can mention is Bupa and their Night Watchman campaign, which is something that we had the great privilege of working with them on. So I think some of you, some of the listeners might have seen 
advertising hoardings everywhere over the summer at various sporting events and also TVCs, radio commercials, the whole gamut really of uh, promoting this Night Watchman campaign. And what Booper did really beautifully was create their own platform on their website, which was purely dedicated to the Night Watchman. So this campaign is all about encouraging fathers to assist uh, raising their newborns. Um, and providing advice to, to help them do so. Um, and what we were able to do specifically with that campaign was provide journalists that have actually recently become fathers so they could provide their own, um, uh, their own actual expert take on what is required. So what I would say is often content marketing or blogs, etc., can exist on a silo that can be quite hard to actually locate on the website of the customer and the brand. So I think it's really important that these are tied into the broader campaign and are also prominently displayed on the website. So they can be found. Obviously, Google is going to help the search of find the articles, but we want to get as many eyeballs across great content as possible. We sure do. As we start to wind down, Lockie, big dog, Sir, <laughs> I want to just get to the bottom of what really drives you. You come in here for our listeners. Lachlan is one of the hardest working um, team members or of any um, workplace I've ever worked in, any newsroom. He, he comes in and it's just from beginning to end dedication to um, high quality deliverables whilst having a lot of fun and a few burgers throughout the week. Um, what drives you? What motivates you, Lockie, for our listeners? Well, there were two things. Firstly, I love being at the forefront and helping to change the media landscape. That's really exciting for me to be someone who sort of helps set that direction and establishes where we're all heading. Uh, secondly, I love working with our journalists. I have a great relationship with them, I have a lot of fun, a lot of banter over the phone and that sort of thing. So I really like developing those relationships and also helping them in their career because, yes, we're about helping our customers um, in increase their revenue, increase their customer base and all of that. But fundamentally, we're also about providing a space for our journalists across the globe, which there are 13,000 of and 1,500 of in Australia, to establish their own foothold in what is the rapidly changing media landscape. So that uh, helps me thrive and really uh, inspires me on a daily basis. And that, in turn, inspires me and I'm sure all our listeners out there. Lachlan, it's been an absolute privilege to have you on Brand Storytelling this week. It's been a long time coming and I'm really, really thrilled that you were able to join us and take some time out from your busy schedule. For all our listeners who want to keep in touch with Lachlan or if you do have further questions, just jump onto newsmoto.com and you'll be able to find him there through his profile. Again, Lachlan, thanks for joining us. Pleasure, Ricardo. It was fun. Thanks for listening. To find out how quality content can empower your brand, head to newsmoto.com.